three, three two, two, one. Porcelain teacup. Okay. <laughs> What'd he say? Happy New Year. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Thanks, Mike. Chai there. there. Welcome to Cream and Sugar. Hey, Allie. Hey, Julia. So I actually tried to switch from instant coffee over to tea. Uh-huh. But the time difference was pretty steep. <laughs> nice. I'm sorry. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Anyways. Cream and sugar. And intro music. <laughs> so, we are going to dive into a really strange place. Of okay. instant coffee. All right. And I only say strange because it's not a, at all what I thought it would be. Mm. And it's way more sciencey than you would think. Ooh. Which I'm was exciting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before we uh, go instantly into that, <laughs> uh, how you doing? <laughs> My laugh went low and your laugh went high. <laughs> 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 um i'm brewing pretty good yeah there that's it's been quite a few weeks by the time this episode comes out but i had a very wonderful birthday at the end of april and mm -hmm. you came up with mike and it yeah. was you and me and like we, we hung out with a whole group of people and it the weather was great and we went and saw pride and prejudice in the movie theater like the 2005 version and, and it was, was so, so good. good i had already seen it but it was your first time seeing mm -hmm. it. it i it's just the witticisms and the the outfits and the whole vibe so good i absolutely fell in love with it it is 10 out of 10 great uh-huh and then after the movie, we also went and tried a new boba place that was over there. Mm. And it was very, very good. And I have pictures of us trying our drinks and then each other's drinks. <laughs> my face <laughs> in the one where I try yours, which is like, eh. But um, <laughs> it froze when you did that. Face. <laughs> <laughs> so Wait, I got a solid. Eh. Yeah, it fixed it. But okay. Okay. it stayed like eh, for a minute. <laughs> I was like, yes. Ooh. I was like, ah. Eh. Um, so I got because I didn't want to have caffeine. I uh -huh. got uh, basically lavender syrup water. Mm -hmm. They called it a refresher, so it was a lavender refresher made with water with honey boba, like juice boba mm -hmm. balls. It was so good, and I want to get another one so bad. I gotta say, it was it was pretty darn good, and I don't mm -hmm. even like it that much. And they were like high key judging me for getting it. Like I ordered it at the register and I said, hey, can I get a the lavender refresher made in water with honey boba? And she's like, you want you want lavender and water? And I was like, yeah. And then at the end, at the end of the counter where the guy made it, he was like, I have lavender with water. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's, that's me. Thank you. 
jokes on them it was pretty good it was real good <laughs> um so i kind of get the same thing at any boba place i go mm-hmm. uh, but that's because i'm obsessed with thai tea in general Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so i got thai tea boba with the tapioca brown sugar pearls and it's just regular tapioca pearls and ali just made a very blech kind of face because she not does fan. not like boba pearls i don't i don't like the tapioca that's so weird it's like you chew on it it's like it's like eating an old sponge when i could have literally anything else interesting See, yeah, see that face. That's why. That's why I make the face. I don't know why you relate it to a sponge because it's not porous. It's more of just the like the squishy but doesn't quite break apart right away texture. I don't like I don't like mochi balls either or mochi. Oh, I love mochi. I yeah, it's the same thing. Interesting. It's like I, it's like rubber but not. And that's the thing. I like rubber. I like chewing <laughs> on things. <laughs> I like it when the rubber comes back, but when the rubber only half-heartedly bounces back, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. Ever since I was little, I had, like, this oral fixation where I'd have to put, like, literally everything in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Like, I would chew on just about anything I can get my hands on, like, from uh, sweatshirt ties mm-hmm. to, like, pencils and paper clips and staples <laughs> It's, but anything metallic was a whole different game. See, but. I, you know what? Maybe this is the problem. I chewed on things like Polly Pocket, which were very soft rubber, but they came back. I have a story for that. Which is probably why I like chewing on the little plastic tabs from Tags, too, because it's that same kind of plasticky, mm-hmm. but it comes back. Tapioca pearls don't come back all the way, but they don't break <laughs> apart either. And it's, I just don't like it. It's weird. I also don't love the flavor, but yeah. Have I told you my Polly Pocket story? I had to have. Probably. Okay, well. I know of a lot of Polly Pocket stories. I forget who they're assigned to. We're going to out myself for (laughs) a very embarrassing Polly Pocket story that my brother likes to remind me about frequently. Ah. So uh, when I was very little, so like five, six, seven, somewhere in that range, Mm -hmm. uh, I used to have a whole bunch of Polly Pockets and my brother would play with me and... They had little Polly Pocket shoes, which Uh were made of rubber, and they had little Polly Pocket outfits, which were made of rubber. Like, literally, everything was rubber for Polly Pockets. Mm -hmm. I used to chew on them a lot, and I liked the way it squeaked. So, one day, I was chewing on one of the shoes, and I swallowed it. Oops. (laughs) By accident. I don't know if it's still inside me. I never found it. (laughs) I'm sure it's gone. It's probably gone. Or you'll carry it with you forever. That shoe was not made for walking. It was meant for eating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, um, I ate a Polly Pocket shoe. <laughs> I, I don't think I ever swallowed anything significant on accident. Lots of gum. But, you know. Um, Ryan did once accidentally swallow a magnetics ball. That's terrifying. It didn't go all the way down. We got it back out. He choked on it for a second. It was absolutely oh. terrifying. Oh, my it, He did gosh. not put those in his mouth again. I bet. But it was that same kind of like metallic. I don't, is it just a kid thing that you like really, really want metallics and then as you get older, it kind of goes away? Probably. Uh, maybe you just need a lot of iron growing up and your body's like consume metal. <laughs> maybe we just like, ooh, tinkles in mouth. <laughs> yeah, ooh, it's spicy. <laughs> it's spicy. <laughs> but not spicy, but like a weird spicy. Right. But yeah, he choked on that. That was absolutely terrifying. 
Whoops. So don't chew on uh, don't chew on magnetics, kids. If they even <laughs> still make magnetics, I don't know. Great toy. Good times. Good times. Yep. Anyway, how you brewing? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm brewing pretty great. Good. Um, I was going to talk about coming up for your birthday. Uh, ah, we had yeah. a really great time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went back to Charleston. Uh huh. And then we came back up uh-huh. to Myrtle Beach for birthday 2.0, uh-huh. which was you and our friend's birthday. And we got to stay at their house. Mm-hmm. And um, that day, uh, we had a really we had a really great time uh, coming over. We got to meet the pups that uh-huh. our friend has that I hadn't seen since one was a puppy puppy and the mm-hmm. other one did not exist yet. Well, he did. She just didn't have him. <laughs> right. He's older. Oh, I didn't realize that he was older. Yep. He is the older pup, apparently. Is, I keep forgetting it. And I think he's more well-behaved. He's he's much calmer than mm-hmm. the puppy. <laughs> but after we left uh, for y'all's birthday, we went to tour one more venue. And mm-hmm. then we came back and we watched a Studio Ghibli movie in theaters. Yeah. Which was so good it was so so good and then we had it home <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh no then we did uh the tease from around the world right oh yeah i forgot that's when we recorded that mm-hmm. yep and then we went home <laughs> yep <laughs> uh but yeah i'm brewing pretty good nice so i have a quick fire question for you okay do you like instant coffee maybe Maybe. <laughs> so I've had it twice now mm-hmm. prior to this episode. And it was when we made the Dolgana coffee mm-hmm. and when we made the starts with an H. Hafuka. Hafuka. Yes. So I've, I've right. only had it when we did the, uh, the the Dolgana and when we did Hafuka. And I liked it both those times. But I haven't ever had it like just to try instant coffee. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. Okay. And I know that it has a distinct taste. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, What about you? Do you like instant coffee? Well, I tolerate it. Mm. Um, When I would go visit my ex, um, he didn't have a coffee maker. And he Ah. didn't like coffee like I did. So when I visit him at his place, I had a thing of instant coffee and my creamer and I would just load it with French vanilla or co- or chocolate, whichever one I ended up having at the time. Mm. So I tolerated it. Yeah, I definitely didn't seek it out. I only had it when I had to. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Plus mm. side, it's cheaper. <laughs> True and faster. Yes. Yes. <laughs> instant, if you will. <laughs> yes, I shall. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but i i like it's okay yeah yeah i don't love it but i'll get into why all right i'm ready so what is instant coffee uh do you want the short story or the long story long story no you're supposed to say short story oh i'm sorry who wants the long story (laughs) me i want the long story (laughs) um i will take one short story please Awesome. So the short, <laughs> the short story is that it's whole bean coffee that's been ground, brewed, and dried until there's no liquid left. 
which leaves Cosby crystals that are rehydrated when you put water back in. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for the long story? You're getting it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. I'm buckled in. I'm ready. Cool. Because I mean, honestly, it'd been a very short episode if I didn't come <laughs> And up that's with a... it. Thanks. Yeah, for that's it. Yep. Time for the quiz. All right. No. <laughs> All right. So how is instant coffee made? Mm-hmm. So before we dive deep into this process, I would like to make a note that it's typically made with cheaper, robusta beans rather than the Arabica that you would normally buy. That makes sense. So we're starting with cheap coffee. Woo! My favorite. (laughs) So most of this information is going to be coming from Hmm, 11coffees.com. They went into a lot of detail about how instant coffee is made specifically at the Nestle Cafe. Okay. The Nestle Cafe factory. Right. Cool. So... Keep in mind, a lot of this is going to be tailored towards how Nestle does it specifically, um, but they're also one of the leaders in instant coffee. So I think this is a good way to uh, give you the best information. Mm -hmm. So they said that it can be simplified into nine basic steps and we're going to go from them start to finish. All right. So let me take you on a journey through the factory. Let's go. Imagine, if you will, the factory. We start with delivery. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the first thing that needs to happen is that the beans have to get to the factory. Um, That's fair enough. Side note, uh, another one. This article (laughs) was uh, definitely written uh, by a British person. Okay. Because they called their truck drivers lorries. Is that what that means? Yes. A lorry is like an 18-wheeler. Where have I heard that? I think they mentioned it on like Doctor Who or something, and I was just like, "Yeah, it's it's some kind of vehicle." I had no idea what it was, like huh. absolutely none. And I I I had to look up what a lorry was because they said it comes in on lorries. I was like, "What is a lorry?" Yeah. <laughs> so it's mean? a it's an eighteen wheeler. It's a big truck. Okay. Um. So they will bring these in, uh, specifically to the Nestle factory, uh, up to four times a day. Like truck fulls four times yes. a day? Wow. Okay. Yes. Uh, during this time, it takes them a little over two hours to unload 27 tons of green coffee beans. Oof. And then they get cleaned and separated to prepare them for roasting. So it's somebody's job to go in for eight hours a day and unload four trucks and that's it. Yeah. Unless, some, unless you know, you, like you get first shift and then you go do something else, but... Mm-hmm. That's a full that's a full day is just unloading coffee beans. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. That's it's, it's a, lot. a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So now we move on to roasting. Okay. So depending on what kind of blend they're producing, they'll add several different types of, of beans. So like okay. de- depending on where they came from, that mm-hmm. kind of type. Yeah. Uh into a gigantic roaster. they'll heat the beans up to 446 degrees fahrenheit for 10 minutes and then rapidly cool them down to 104 degrees fahrenheit to kind of like shock them and stop the the cooking process what if they only heat it to 445 degrees fahrenheit i don't know why it's specifically 446 okay interesting you know sops (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry what standard operating procedure okay 
I was thinking sons of pitches. No, no, no. I work okay. in production. So uh, I, anything that is FDA or uh, USDA, they, they have standard operating procedures to make sure it complies to federal regulations. Gotcha. So we yep. always just called them, uh, like I made a bunch of standard operating forms, so we never shortened that. We just called it standard operating. Soft. Softs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this is, uh, they're called SOPs. Okay. Anyways. Anyway. Uh, this specific method will produce a medium roast coffee, which is what I'm drinking. Oh, okay. So next we go on to grinding. Mm -hmm. uh, they transfer the beans into an industrial grinder. I'm talking big. <laughs> and would you like to guess how much, how many pounds they're capable of grinding in an hour? Um, let me refer back to how many pounds we're taking on a truck. Okay. Is it 100 pounds in a ton? I think it's more than that. I think it's like 1,000 pounds in a ton. 2,000 pounds. I was close. Oh, I knew boy. it was in the thousands. All right. I'm, if we're going strictly just off of they come off truck, they immediately grind them. I'm going to say it's around um, 2,600 pounds. We'll round it to 2,500. That's a pretty good guess. Yeah? Yeah. They grind... 3,300 3, pounds of coffee an hour. I wasn't that far off. You weren't that far off. That's a crap ton of coffee. It's so much coffee. <laughs> so they can grind over a ton an hour. Yeah, a ton and almost a half. Almost a ton and a half. That's a lot. That's so much. Over a ton and a half. No, gosh. it's almost two. No, yeah, it's not quite two tons, but it's getting there. Yeah. Ugh. Dang. So much. So during grinding, these beans will lose a ton of their aroma. Mm -hmm. So to prevent this, they pump in nitrogen gas and then the vapors are stored in a tank to be added back later. Okay. Didn't know they could do that. Does that work? <laughs> Apparently. Interesting. So now we move on to the brewing process. Mm -hmm. This is kind of exactly what you would imagine it to be. Yeah. Except on an industrial scale. <laughs> Except more. <laughs> Bigger. Imagine, if you will. Okay. Rice. No, I'm just kidding. What? <laughs> what? There, there's a vine. No, a TikTok that goes, imagine, oh. if you will, rice. You're telling me a human fried this rice? <laughs> ha. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, imagine a giant French press. Okay. Yeah. Now imagine how much coffee you can brew through this. Would you like to guess? Uh, a lot. Let me check my units. Okay. It's also in pounds. Okay. Uh, I'm going to stick with 3,000 pounds then. We're running an efficient ship. Okay. It is roughly 15, uh, 1,543 pounds. Oh, so we need two French presses for every one of those grinders. Yes. Okay. I'm picturing, by the way... Somebody that's about the size of, like, the guy that's on the front of the Weasley prank store that has to pick up this French press and pour it out when it's done. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh-huh. It's very Willy Wonka, but for coffee. I have another thing for you to guess. Okay. How many cups of coffee would this make? Uh, I'm going to say 100,000. I think you're closer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a close, a pretty All close right. guess. 
250,000 cups of coffee. My initial gut said a million, and I said, no, 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 that's too much. It was too much, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's quarter mil. Yeah. It's still not nothing. That's a lot of coffee. So much coffee. So it will make a ton of coffee. Yes. So now that the coffee's brewed, there are a lot of leftover grounds. And I would expect a major company like Nestle to recycle them in some kind of way. But I didn't expect them to recycle it like this. Okay. So coffee has a similar energy amount as coal. Oh. So what they do is they dry it and compress it, and Uh then they use it to to power the boilers in the factory. That is so cool. Right? This thing runs on itself. Uh Uh-huh. That's that's efficient. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, being the scientist that I am... Mm -hmm. I worried about the environmental repercussions of this because burning anything tends to be a bad idea. Right. It releases something. Well, as it turns out, the main side effect is a mosquito repellent. What? (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah. Burning coffee grounds acts as a natural mosquito repellent. Okay, hear me out. The busy bean Uh becomes known as being self-sustaining. Uh-huh. We have, we grow our own coffee in the backyard or we just find a company that's really, really good. Okay. But we process it like this and we just make our instant coffee very, very tasty. Mm-hmm. And then we can have our porch open all summer long and we can tell people you can come whenever you want because we have natural mosquito repellents as well. Because we're using the beeswax and making yes. coffee candles. Yes. Yes. And get- at this point, it's not even instant. It's just coffee. Oh, yeah, true. All right, I also, take it back. We don't have to make the instant coffee good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so everything up to this point has been on a bigger scale, your average coffee morning, right? Right. There's nothing different right now between regular coffee and instant coffee. Right. So here's where we're going to start differing. Okay. We move on. To evaporation. Ew. So, this is where it gets kind of sciencey too. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, there's actually two method that I'm methods that I'm going to talk about. Um, the first one is the regular evaporation method, and then we'll get into the other kind uh, after we finish all nine steps. Okay. So, this is where it branches. <laughs> okay. So you have regular coffee brewing, Uh and then you have two branches between the two methods to make it instant. Okay. All right. So first, we're going to go through evaporation. Mm -hmm. Uh, For this one, we're going to cover the boil method. So what they do is they take the liquid coffee, and they put it inside a giant evaporation tank that's about six stories high. Oh, boy. It covers the entire floor of the Nestle factory. The, the the factory itself is six stories high. <laughs> and it's all the way to the top. I hope they built it right on the outside like you would a tower that a princess is in, but it's just evaporation <laughs> tower. That's really cool. <laughs> I would like that. I want that. Let's see. Uh, let me see if there's a picture of the Nestle factory. It's huge. The first one, you, pi- you it pulls up on Nestle.com, and it's a picture of the Nestle the Nest Cafe. Oh. And it is definitely like six stories high. 
And it, it looks like it's completely indoors. Huh. Where is this? Where is this located? Um, the article I'm reading says Derbyshire. Derbyshire? Oh. That's we've talked about Derbyshire. Have we? Yes. You said it had something to do with Peaky Blinders. No, that's Birmingham. No, no, no. A couple episodes ago. They go to a derby, like the horse race. No. I have never I heard remember. of Derbyshire. Are you sure it wasn't Mike? I don't think so. Hey, Mike. Hey, baby. He's got his headphones in. It's right by Manchester. And there, Darby is in Derbyshire. Or Derbyshire, however you say it. Anyway, I don't know. Anyway, that's cool. Oh, it's it's right next to Sheffield. Oh, I know Sheffield, and it's above Birmingham. Anyways, we'll add uh, a picture of the cap the factory because it's pretty. Okay. It, it's pretty awesome looking. Yeah. No princess S- tower though. So no. You know, whatever. So, <laughs> would you like to take a guess? Sorry, there's so much guessing. It's just some wild numbers. I'm I like guessing. <laughs> would you like to take a guess on how many cups of coffee? This can hold. Um, I'm gonna say a hundred and fifty thousand. You think it can hold less? Is it filled to the top? Um, I, I imagine it's just what it could run at capacity for to filter it efficiently. Okay. See, I'm picturing like only the first floor has actual liquid in it, so that you have a lot of space for evaporating, mm-hmm. which is why I said less. But since you responded in that way, I'll say 500,000. I'm pretty sure it's a lot. Yeah, one million cups of coffee. Oh, so close. <laughs> you were just a little early on your last guess. Was, yeah, it's fine. It's cool. My gut will get there eventually. Yeah. This, yeah, this tank can hold one million cups of coffee. That's so much. It moves roughly 6,600 no, 6, gallons of coffee through pipes every hour. And it warms it back up to 158 degrees so that the water can evaporate. And then mm. it's sip- siphoned off, leaving a thick coffee syrup, which is okay. condensed about 50% of the way. Mm. This also intensifies the flavor because now you have a really uh, concentrated version of your coffee. I can see that. And we'll get to why I can see that next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, you should know that the reason it's boiling at 158 degrees Fahrenheit mm-hmm. is because these pipes are uh, under a vacuum pressure. Okay. So it takes less energy for it to reach boiling. Gotcha. Yeah. So more science. Science. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then we get on to freezing. Mm-hmm. So now that it's reduced... Uh, they'll bring the coffee back down to temperature, um, mm-hmm. bef- and the, re- the they do this by putting it on a conveyor belt that brings it into a giant freezer that is between negative 40 and negative 58 degrees Fahrenheit. Oof. For reference, the North Pole on average during the winter is negative 40. Oof. So this thing can get colder than the North Pole. Yeah. I wonder so, if it snows in there on accident sometimes. Maybe. Depending on how quickly they move it in, you know, it has like still some liquid coming off of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dude, that (laughs) you'd have to put on 
like exploring gear to go in there. <laughs> it's like when you have to go in with a hazmat suit, but just covered in fur. Like, uh, uh, I imagine you've put on like every single coat that you have and you're just like waddling. <laughs> <laughs> I can't put my arms down, but I got the coffee. So this process freezes the coffee into granules, but they still contain water. So they're going to take right. it a step further. Okay. Ooh, science time. Science. So the next step is called sublimation. Okay. Do you remember I, what that is? Um, yes. It, hold on. My brain is working. It's like, it's a process that you can do that's outside of the normal water cycle process, if that makes sense. Like evaporation, yes. condensation, but it's one of those weird ones. Yeah. That, is it the one that turns things into like a, no, it wouldn't turn it into a gel. That doesn't make sense. It's something like, like that. that I just don't remember which one it does. You're right. It is a weird, not naturally. I mean, it does occur naturally, but only in oh, very wait, wait. certain places. Is it from solid straight to gas? Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. Very good. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you. Yes. I had to remember what I meant by weird. And by weird, I meant not solid to liquid to gas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's yes. the other one that goes from gas to solid? Um, start with a D. I want to say it's called deposition. Maybe. Uh, let's look it up. Uh, gas to solid. Deposition! Yay! Yeah! Our science yeah! teachers would be so proud. I am so proud of myself right now. <laughs> so sublimation is where we go from a solid straight to a gas, making uh -huh. sure that we bypass liquid. Yes. And that part is important. Okay. So how do you do that? To perform this process... <laughs> They take stacked trays and drive the granules through low-pressure tubes for several hours. Okay. So, these low-pressure pipes act as a vacuum. Uh -huh. And here, the granules get heated back up to 140 degrees. And now that they're in, like, an absolute vacuum, mm -hmm. they boil really fast. Right. So, this causes the frozen water to turn directly into steam. And once they leave the vacuum, the granules have successfully frozen and any remaining aromas have been locked in. That's cool. So now you have dried liquid coffee. That's that's really cool. I like that a lot. Right? Science. And it was important that they didn't finish evaporating when it was in the liquid stage because you could totally just boil it all the way down if you really wanted to. Mm -hmm. Theoretically. Um, but if they did this when it was still a syrup any aroma that was in the coffee would have been completely lost through the evaporation process. That makes sense. So from this point on, it can be stored at room temperature. All right. Because it's a solid with yes. no liquids. Mm -hmm. So now they add back the aromas. Step All right. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the nitrogen gas comes back into play. Okay. So they're going to take the dried coffee granules and spray them with this natural gas, or the nitrogen gas, as they pass through giant sacks. Does that work? Apparently. Okay. That's about all they said on that. <laughs> so they, they fart nitric nitrogen gas onto the granules, and they're like, mm, I'm going to keep this smell forever. Imagine like they're just kind of coating it back in their own aromas. But like, okay. 
I'm not exactly sure. I'm just trying to figure out how to get the gas to actually adhere to the act- to the granules, you know? Well, I'm guessing that the the particles that are trapped from the aroma mm-hmm. just automatically get drawn back to the coffee mm-hmm. because the nitrogen gas exists naturally in the atmosphere at gas. So okay. they'd probably want to drop whatever they're holding on to. That's fair. I could see I'm wondering that. if it was like super cooled nitrogen. Maybe. Kept as liquid and then sprayed back on as gas. It could be it could be a lot. I I think that's part of their hidden secret on how they put the aromas back. Right. So But they do it. Yeah. Once somehow. the once the aromas have been added back, it's time for packaging. All right. Step nine. <laughs> Step nine. <laughs> so unlike its ground counterpart, these granules get placed into glass or plastic jars to be labeled and sold all over the world yeah nice so remember that evaporation method yes let's talk about something else okay (laughs) there is one more that there's one more method so we're gonna go back to step five okay and we're gonna call it spray drying okay this one's really cool and I learned from my boss that it's actually how some medicines are made. Oh, I'll come back to this because this method is used in other ways in the FDA food industry. Okay. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Mm -hmm. So this method is a lot less common, um, but it's still really, really cool. And it can also be economically beneficial. Mm. So at at this stage in the process, we have brewed liquid coffee, right? And now we load it into a pulse combustion spray dryer. Okay. And it's going to literally spray coffee. Would you like to guess how fast in miles per hour? I'm going to say like a solid pitcher at 90 miles per hour. Faster. 190 miles per hour. Uh Uh-uh. More. A thousand miles per hour. I think less than that. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, less than that. <laughs> okay. Uh, 500. Final answer. Okay. 400 miles an hour. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so this is going to instantly raise the temperature up to 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Oof. Yes. Now that it's at 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit, mm-hmm. this is going to atomize the liquid. Yeah. <laughs> which leaves only powdered coffee at the bottom of the dryer. You know, that works. Yeah. So this method is so powerful that it nearly instantaneously dries the coffee without burning it. Oh. Which is important because that does happen in the evaporation method. Yeah. Which is why I taste burnt. Yeah. That's why it smells so burnt. Yeah. So plus side, not burnt. Downside, however... Is uh-huh. that remember how when evaporation they had to stop it midway so that it didn't lose all the aromas? Uh-huh. That's kind of what happens. With this, oh. they lose all the aromas. That's unfortunate. Yeah. So even though this method works really well, there's no way to add the gases back in. Mm. So you can smell burnt or nothing. Yeah. yeah. So this one is considered inferior to the evaporation method. That's fair. So, we 
for our recipe of the day, we each have our own instant coffees, right? Mm-hmm. What kind did you use? Hold on, I took a picture of it because I knew you would ask. I got it at Walmart. I think it is Cafe Bustello. Oh, that's actually a pretty good one. Yeah. It's it's the that one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that one's not bad. I got the great value brand. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ding. I I can taste the flavor that I liked before. It's just a little overwhelmed by water and burnt. It tastes like the Dolgana, but I think that's just because I used it for the Dolgana. Yeah. I'm going to dunk this whole creamer thing in here. I got like, I don't know, a quarter cup of creamer for six ounces of coffee. Yeah, I I just added a whole shot glass worth of creamer. This is probably a shot and a half. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, I might not use it all. But this also doesn't have any sweetener. It's just oat milk. Mine is all sweetener. Yeah. Yep. I'm not even going to mix it. It mixed pretty well on its own. I gotta say, it tastes better with creamer. That's tolerable. Yeah. Still burnt, but tolerable. There's something about it that I like more than making regular coffee at home. Really? I think it has a... It almost has more of a woody taste. Yeah. If that makes sense. That's the burn taste to me mm-hmm. yeah it hasn't quite gotten the bitterness of burn now that i had the oat milk in it so yeah, it's got a smoky flavor yeah i kind of like it i probably won't finish it because it's one o'clock in the afternoon but that's okay i don't hate it but it just tastes yep. like raspberries now <laughs> <laughs> you used raspberry creamer yeah nice i'm uh, really into white chocolate raspberry right now Ooh. I'm just using oat milk. I think I might like the oat milk more than soy milk now. Really? It's like a whole dollar more, which is unfortunate. I'll keep practicing making it myself. I still have the oats. I think oat milk is a little bit better for you, though. And soy has weird hormonal effects. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll discover it as we go along. Yeah. (laughs) So. Instant coffee has a pretty rich history (laughs) get it (laughs) okay it wasn't that funny so thanks to a few different websites there was a compiled timeline for the development of instant coffee so i'm not going to go over the entire timeline Uh uh-huh but i definitely want to hit some key history points okay um i will however have a link to the entire timeline uh in the episode notes so if you want to go through all of them by all means read along Mm-hmm. Um, most of this information is going to be coming from um, espressoandcoffeeguide.com. They sound trustworthy. They do. <laughs> they sound like they know what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, a history of instant coffee. All right. This is a timeline of the discovery and advances in instant or soluble coffee. Okay. So in 1771, the first quote-unquote instant coffee is made in Britain. Uh, It's referred to as compound coffee, and it was granted by a pat. It was granted a patent by the British government. That's cool. I didn't know it was that old. Kind of, kind of not. 
right. it's definitely not the instant coffee that we know it as. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's it was like apple cider. It wasn't really apple cider, but mm-hmm. it kind of was. In 1853, the first American instant coffee was created. Uh, During the Civil War, experimental cakes of instant coffee were given to the soldiers. Uh, Kind of like how tea used to be and sometimes still is sold in bricks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Here is your block of caffeine. (laughs) (laughs) Just add water. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It wasn't until 1890 that instant coffee was invented by a New Zealand New Zealander named David Strang. Hmm. He marketed his instant coffee as Strang's coffee, and his patented instant coffee uh, was done in the process of dry hot air process. So much more similar to what we do today. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. This is about when we start seeing uh, instant coffee actually be instant coffee. Right. And not... Coffee with coffee extract. Mm -hmm. Because that's what a lot of this previously was, was like coffee essence added to some chemicals and not really coffee. Wow. Okay. So up until recently, uh, Dr. Sartori Kato, a Japanese man uh, who was a chemist in Chicago, Illinois, was Mm -hmm. credited as the first uh, inventor of instant espresso. It was actually very recently that they discovered that it was the New Zealander who truly patented it first. Ah, okay. So he, I was about to ask, like, wait. <laughs> he has been historically miscredited as the inventor of espresso, instant coffee. Okay. So he develops the first successful method of soluble, stable soluble coffee powder or instant coffee. Just mm. add water. Yay. He initially develops the technique to make instant tea and then applies it to coffee. Hmm. In 1903, he gets the patent for his method. Okay. So they're both doing the same thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. But uh, David Strang just did it first. Gotcha. In 1909, for the first time, instant coffee is mass produced. This occurs in America and is done by American inventor who emigrated from Belgium. Go figure. All right. Yeah, sounds about right. It's always us who wants to to mass produce. Uh-huh. His name was George Constant Lewis Washington. Alrighty. He lived from 1871 to 1946. And while he was in Guatemala, he makes this product after seeing coffee powder that had been deposited on the spout of a silver coffee pot. Hmm. So <laughs> so he saw powder on the spout of a pot and went, I can sell that. Yep. He said All right. that's probably instant. Yeah. I bet I can re-dissolve that. (laughs) Uh, Though Washington receives a patent for what will become the first mass-produced instant coffee, many consider the taste quite unsatisfactory, so it didn't taste good. That's fair. Uh, He names it Red E Coffee and begins marketing (laughs) it in 1909. That sounds like something we would do. Yeah. Uh (laughs) An American soldier writes a letter from the trenches and says, I am very happy... Despite the rats, the rain, the mud, the droughts, the roar of the cannon and the screams of the shell, it only takes a minute to light my little oil heater and make some George Washington coffee. Every night I offer up a special petition to the health of well-being Mr. Washington. All right. 
You know what? If that so, if that helped, then I'm happy for it. Yeah, it was good enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In 1914 to 1918, instant coffee became widely popular, particularly in the U.S. military, as they mm-hmm. buy all available supplies. During <laughs> World War I, the soldiers call it a cup of George. Oh, okay. <laughs> when the troops returned home, they continued to desire the product. Yeah, although I could also see it going the opposite way. Mm-hmm. So we're like- going to... Oh, yeah. go ahead. Nope, I was going to go down a darker path. Go for it. Oh, okay. So we're going to jump ahead a little bit. Between mm-hmm. 1939 and 1945, during World War II, instant coffee is very popular with the soldiers, and mm-hmm. Nescafe and other brands of instant coffee, uh, large suppliers grow in quantity on the market. Okay. Makes sense. During one year of the war, the U.S. military buys more than one million cases of Nescafe. Their entire annual output for (laughs) Nestle's U.S. plant. They said, we need coffee and we need it now. They said, I need your entire supply right now. Mm -hmm. How much do you make? Yeah, I'll take that. (laughs) (laughs) How much do you make? Well, we make about this much a day. No, no, no. In a year. Mm -hmm. uh, More. (laughs) We'll take it. More. (laughs) We'll take the lot. Okay, thanks. (laughs) In 1943, George Constant Washington's company sold uh, to American Home Products shortly before Washington passed away. Mm. The George Washington brand continues uh, until 1961. However, George Washington's seasoning and broth is still available on stores shelves today. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. Uh-huh. So now we're going to jump to the 1960s. Uh, a better looking instant coffee is developed using a process called agglomeration, hmm. which involves streaming the instant coffee particles to get them to stick better in clumps. Unfortunately, the second heating and drying cycle further hinders the coffee's flavor. So back to what I was talking about, the spray drying, it just right. completely obliterates it. It's not worth it. As the method improves, freeze drying becomes the preferred method of coffee making and uh, of making instant coffee. Mm-hmm. So now jumping to 1986, Nestle introduces a decaffeinated instant coffee. Hmm. Uh, instant cappuccino drinks and blended ice drinks continue to be used by the military. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Those were the major the major history points that I wanted to cover on. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of what I talked about uh, just kind of goes back into the process and they're just kind of refining it. Yeah. I didn't mean to so I do have a couple of other things I want to talk about for this. So that's the entire main history. Okay. But it's really popular outside of the United States. Why? Just because it's easy? Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Actually, I'll, well, I'll tell you a story when we're done. So <laughs> I knew I knew that instant coffee was really popular in Japan, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize just how much of a grip it had on the rest of the world. Mm. So to put into perspective, as of 2013, that was the most up-to-date like graphics I could find and most reliable. Right. Uh, North America only has uh, 10% of its retail 
coffee sales in instant coffee. That sounds about right. So for the rest of the world, we have the most in the Australasias. So I'm guessing that's Australia, Philippines, right. New Zealand area. Yeah. 75%. Huh. And then we have Asia Pacific at 60%. Mm-hmm. Eastern Europe at 50%. The okay. Middle East and Africa at 45 Latin America at 30 and Western Europe at 25. So that's hmm. still a quarter of their sales are coming from instant coffee. That's that's pretty crazy. Right. Considering it's rare to find it in any kind of coffee shop around here. Yeah. Hmm. Compared to the standard ground coffee. So in North America, 75% of our sales come from ground coffee, regular yes. brewed. Next is Latin America at 65. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Western Europe at 55. The Middle East and Africa at 45%. Eastern Europe at 40. Asia Pacific at 30%. And the Australasias at 15%. Huh. Yeah. So here's the thing. Mm -hmm. This is just like a little anecdote kind of story. Um, Every time I think of instant coffee, I think of Oran High School Host Club because um, some of the I'm trying to say this so I don't spoil anything for you, but some of the characters are wealthier and they meet a character who comes from like a middle class household. And so middle class character goes out to buy groceries for the rich character and they come back with instant coffee. And the rich character is like, oh, I've heard of this, but I didn't, I haven't ever had it. And somebody else that they're talking to is like, I heard that commoners don't have the time to grind their own coffee beans. So they have to use instant coffee. And then they like <laughs> try it and make like this big thing of it. And that's what I think of every time I have instant coffee. That's adorable. Mm -hmm. I've been told by several people that I would really like that show. Yes. We're going to watch it. Okay. <laughs> it. It's real good. So. Is instant coffee better or worse than regular coffee? Maybe. That's a complicated question. Okay. It depends <laughs> on what you're looking for. All right. So one benefit or drawback, depending on what you're looking for, mm. is that instant coffee has less ca less caffeine than its counterpart. That's good to know. Yes. I put that in there specifically for you and for the decaf version uh, in the history because I knew that you were more interested in the caffeine content. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So, yeah, one cup of instant coffee contains between 30 and 90 milligrams of caffeine compared to regular coffee, which contains between 70 and 140. Hmm. Okay. So it's it can, it's not significant. I mean, it's kind of significant, but not yeah. a ton. Right. That's not even the decaf version. So, yeah, that's not awful. Mm hmm. One major potential downside is that it may contain twice the amount of acrylamide than regular coffee. What's acrylamide? Great question. Acrylamide <laughs> is a potentially harmful chemical that forms when the beans are roasted. So hmm. although there are a lot of studies on this and most show that it's still less than the recommended amount that would be harmful. Okay. So take that with a grain of salt, maybe drink less of it, but... It shouldn't really be that bad. Right. So on a more positive note, coffee uh -huh. contains antioxidants. Ooh. And due to the way instant coffee is processed, it may contain even more than when it's regularly brewed. 
Well, that's good. Right? Don't mind me. Just going to go snort it to promote my health. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Its coffee also only has seven calories and trace amounts of potassium, magnesium. I almost said manganese. Magnesium (laughs) and niacin. Niacin? Niacin. I think it's niacin. Which is vitamin B3. Oh, okay. Cool. So some health benefits that come with drinking instant coffee are going to be extremely similar to regular coffee, which Mm -hmm. we covered in Coffee 101, uh, but I'll briefly list them and not Mm -hmm. go into too much more detail. Check out Coffee 101 if you want to know the whole thing. Yeah. So it enhances brain function, boosts metabolism, reduces disease risk for neurodegenerative diseases uh, like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. Uh, reduces diabetic risk, improves liver health, improves mental health, and promotes longevity, like how long you live. Yeah. Um, and for maximum benefits, it's recommended three to five cups of instant coffee to be ideal. Daily? Yep. Okay. <laughs> See? I'm <laughs> not addicted. I'm down. just doing the recommended amount. <laughs> yep. Totally. Totally. <laughs> Um, but that's all I've got for instant coffee. That's a lot more information than I thought you'd be able to find about instant coffee. I really thought I would have more issue finding it on this one mm-hmm. than I would on uh, our next topic. Yes. Um, but I do have a quiz for you. Yeah? Yeah. So this is... Eat a luxury meal at a five-star restaurant, and we'll guess your Starbucks order. Ooh. Okay. (laughs) So before we do it, then, do you want to say what our Starbucks order is to see if it matches? Ooh, good idea. Okay. Are we doing seasonal? Because I'm very much a seasonal orderer. Sure. Summertime. Summertime is going to be an iced coffee or a cold brew. Okay. Mine is going to be an iced matcha latte. Okay. All right. Let's see if they get it right. Oh, oh, we're just doing summer. Okay. Huh? I, I thought we were going to go through seasons. Oh, oh yeah, we can go through seasons. Okay. So if it's, if they end up going with a summer drink, it's cold brew for me. Okay. Yeah. Matcha latte for me. Iced. Okay. So then fall. Uh, the caramel apple spice. I, I would get a pumpkin spice latte. It'd be decaf, but you know, that's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Winter. Winter is going to be... A latte with the cinnamon dolce creamer. See, I would get the chai. The chai <laughs> latte. Which also is very cinnamony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then springtime. Springtime is probably going to be a raspberry chocolate mocha. Mine would be a strawberry refresher. Okay. Yep. Cool. All right. All right. Precedent set. Are you ready to eat a five-star meal? I am currently hungry, so absolutely. Okay. (laughs) So first we will choose some hors d'oeuvres. Ooh, some hors d'oeuvres, if you will. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We have bruschetta, Mm -hmm. antipasta, which looks like a charcuterie board. I think it's specifically that meat. Oh, okay. Isn't it? I don't think so. Italian cooking and appetizer typically consisting of olives, anchovies, cheeses, and meats. Yep, it's the whole board. Okay. You were right. Sorry. (laughs) Why? I don't know. How dare you know things? Okay, so we have bruschetta, antipasti, bread, or I'm good. 
Uh, I'm going with bruschetta. Me too. I love bruschetta. Mm-hmm. Especially if I'm like prefacing a five star meal. Choose an amuse bouche. Yes. Is that <laughs> That's how you right. say that? Amuse bouche. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. We have salmon and cream cheese on crackers, Ooh. deviled eggs, cheese, or still good. I'm going with the salmon and cream cheese on crackers because we are being fancy. Oh. What? I forgot we're being fancy. You don't have to be fancy. I wanted deviled eggs, but I might choose cheese. Get you some deviled eggs if you... I had deviled eggs yesterday and they were real good. Yeah, I want deviled eggs. All right. It's soup time. Soup. Pumpkin. Borscht. It looks like a radish or beet soup. It is I'd have to look it up. Aha. So we have pumpkin, borscht, tomato, or... No thanks. Um, no thanks. Because if I'm getting a soup at this point, it's not going to be that creamy. Okay. I'd want something brothy. I want filling up. pumpkin. I right. love pumpkin soup. It is good. Didn't we already do appetizers? No, we did Or's Divorce. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> appetizers are next. All right. Would you like bread again? <laughs> Buffalo wings and ranch, mozzarella sticks, or none. We moved to a sports bar. Right? I'm going to get bread. Um. Yeah, I'm also going to get bread. I sometimes forget that people get buffalo wings as an appetizer and not the meal. Right? Like, it's, it is the meal. Hmm. <laughs> Why the... Oh, I hate that. Okay. <laughs> Up next, salad. We have Greek salad, Mm -hmm. Caesar salad, and they put specifically kale, dot, 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 ew, dot, 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 (laughs) or ugh, no. That's rude. I'm getting a Caesar salad. I love kale salad. I would like a kale salad. I made kale. I didn't clean it well enough, and now I'm just, I'm wary of it. That's fair. Waiting for dirt to crunch in my mouth. Like, Huh. Okay. okay. Choose a fish. Salmon, cod, fish fingers, or nope, I'm good. I'm good. I don't love smoked or baked fish that much. I will choose cod. Okay. I like cod. I like a plain white fish, and when cod is fresh, it's kind of plain, which is nice. I personally uh, like Black Ops 1, but you know. <laughs> Boo. Oh, <laughs> yum. Choose your first main dish. We have duck, steak, beef wellington, or none. I've never had beef wellington, but I would really like to try it. So I'm going to go with that. It's really good. Yeah. My dad made mini beef wellingtons. Oh, They were to die for. Can I travel to Virginia just to have your dad make beef wellington? Yeah. Can we plan that? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Absolutely. Yes. I will also have Beef Wellington. I'll bring him wine or whatever he wants as compensation. <laughs> Palate cleanser time. Wait, you, did you also want Beef Wellington? Oh, yes, please. Okay. Uh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Palate cleanser time. Okay. We have crackers, bread, tortilla chips, or again, no. <laughs> I'm going crackers. I'm going to go 
bread. That looks like a baguette, and I like baguette. We oui. choose a second main dish. <laughs> I want seconds of what I just ate: oh. crab cakes, scallops, or none. Um, they're both good. Mm-hmm. I want scallops. Me too. I love scallops. Me too. Pick a cheese plate. Ooh, All these right. look really good. All right, this one is completely visual. Um, I'll do yep. my best to describe it. The first one has uh, what looks like uh, black grapes, um, specifically bruschetta rounds, mm-hmm. cheeses, pretzel thins. Um, pistachios. Almonds. Yeah, pistachios. And some soft cheeses. Mm-hmm. And uh, like this- a apple spread? Oh, yeah. I did, some kind Something. of like chutney. Yeah. Uh, the second one has several types of cheeses, uh, white cubes, so probably like an aged Gouda, a smoked cheddar, mm-hmm. um, a pepper jack, probably. Um, there's little greens that I can't quite see. Mm-hmm. Um, I think ribbons of Parmesan? I can't tell what that is. I don't know. Uh, and then we have like walnuts, honey, almonds, cranberries, or- uh, Pomegranate. Pomegranate seeds. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looks like prosciutto rolled into roses. Yes. The third one has pickled stuff. A very, yeah, pickled something, a big chunk of brie, tomatoes of certain kinds, maybe heirlooms, Mm -hmm. um, those really plain crackers, uh, hummus, I think. I think so. Cheese, an orange. The little weird pickles. Uh, some, some, maybe, this is more of a Middle Eastern one, I think. Maybe. Or Mediterranean. Yeah. Or, mm. no thanks. Uh, I'm going to go with the one with the pomegranate seeds. That one does look really good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the one with the soft cheeses, that first one. Okay. Almost done. Dessert time. Eee. Would you like brownie? Gelato, tiramisu, or I am stuffed. <laughs> I am going to choose gelato. <laughs> gelato is really good. Because in this fictional world, I have a bottomless tummy and I can eat what I want. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. I will have a brownie, please. All right. Last one. Post-meal drink and pastries. Would you like coffee and palmers? Uh... I wonder if that's like a biscotti. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's the ones that they're rolled up on the sides like a little heart. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So coffee and palmers, uh-huh. milk and cookies, tea and scones, or no thanks? I guess I'm going to go tea and scones because that sounds the most fitting. Yeah. I will have coffee and palmers, please. All right. I forgot what the goal of this was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. You, you're a strong character, strong character who enjoys a strong drink to match your energy. You're a cafe Americano. You got the same thing. <laughs> Which neither of us said as one of our. I don't know. even like cafe Americanos. The only reason I order an Americano is because that's usually the only decaf they have available. It's a decaf Americano. That's a bold lie. Well, well I don't go to the Barnes and Noble one usually. 
I said, I said, can I have a decaf? And they said, is a decaf Americano okay? And I said, yes. That's because they have the machine where yeah. you could make the Americano and it, it's a button for it, mm-hmm. which means they didn't have any decaf beans. Right. Well, yeah, sorry. That's more of what I meant. It's like they don't have regular decaf, so I opt for the Americano just so I can have decaf coffee. Yeah. But you need decaf beans to make... I don't want to get into it. I don't know. Well, I think it's more that like I could wait for them to brew a whole pot of decaf. But I don't want to. They can do a pour over. Yeah. It's only one cup. It's fine. They make it just for you. I want to make. I want to make their lives easier. No, oh. there's no need for me to make complicated things. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you got it. You're ordering a cafe americano. We're americano together. Woo! Boink. Boink. I did a high five. Oh, boink boink. <laughs> cool. So that is all I have for instant coffee. Awesome. Um, Allie. Yes. What is going to be next? Uh, we are going to Malaysia. 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 Why are we going to Malaysia? We're going to go talk about tea Tarek that we tried in our International Tea Day episode, but we are Ooh. going to explore it a little bit more. Yay! Yeah! So I'm excited. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. But as always, we would love to thank all of our listeners. Our sources are going to be in the episode notes. Mm-hmm. This is going to include research sources, the quiz, and the recipe. Mm-hmm. And you can find our podcast at webrewgood.com or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and basically anywhere else that you find podcasts. And yeah. we would really, really appreciate it if you would take a moment to just leave us a review, whether that's on Apple Podcasts where we can give you a shout out. Or on Spotify, where if you leave a review, we can start doing comments soon. So Yeah. Yeah. Please. Pretty please. <laughs> and you can also find our social media on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at WeBrewGood. Or mm-hmm. send us an email. We'll answer your questions directly. You can send that to WeBrewGood at email. Email. <laughs> <laughs> at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, also, you can find your guinea pig mm-hmm. in the Nestle Cafe. He's so curious. Aww. He wanted to learn about instant coffee. He was like, no way, this is six stories. So he had to go check it out himself. Yeah, like paid for a full tour and everything. Mm-hmm. He's That's a very impressive. responsible guinea pig. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He said, um, is this really that big? And they said, Yeah. He said, I'm sorry, how many tons of coffee beans do you unload in a day? And um, they said at least like seven tons of guinea pigs. <laughs> he opened the back of the truck and it's just an outpour of guinea pigs. And they're like, thank you. <laughs> they're all going. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> and each one of them said, stay brutal. <laughs> It's just. 